and welcome back to the Wildcat Scoop Podcast. I'm your host, Shelby Shear, here with... Jason Shear. And we'll see if we can get through this podcast without Jason singing tonight. No singing. No singing tonight. No singing. It's all business, Shelby. Um, before we begin the podcast, Arizona versus Stanford preview, we do have a message from our sponsor. Yes, Shelby. Our sponsor, Home Field Apparel. Who? Home, I'm not singing. Who? <laughs> uh, Home Field Apparel. You can go to the wonderful website at homefieldapparel.com. And you, Shelby, you specifically. Me specifically. And others, first time members, enter the scoop. All right, I'll share this code with you. Yes, enter the code WILDCATSCOOP23, all caps, one word, all that exciting stuff. 15% off your first order. Bunch of straw, a uh, bunch of, bunch of stuff. Bunch of straw. Up. Bunch of stuff dropping in the next few weeks, and pretty much always take advantage right now. No BS, get it done. Homefieldapparel.com. That was good. I liked how he said that. Yeah. Um. All right. Good job. Good ad read, babe. Thank that was you. Nice. I like how that we change it every time. I'm very unique. We're creative. What? I'm unique. See, I'm so unique. You said unock. That's not even close to unique. Yeah, you knock. <laughs> you know. Um, Arizona. That's why we do this podcast, right? Yeah, Arizona versus Stanford football this Saturday. We're gonna do the preview. Do you have your prediction ready? Yes. Okay. Uh, that's <laughs> the end don't. of the podcast. You don't, or I... else you wouldn't be asking me. But yes, Shelby, I do. It's my job. Okay. J-O-B. Your J-O-B. B-O-J. I thought your job was to now full-time take care of your parents. I am. I'm a nanny now as well. Jason is running oh. himself ragged for good reason because his parents were, if you did not know, from Jason's Twitter and my Twitter last Friday, they were in a car accident. So we're trying to get things figured out and settled and, you know, fun, fun Living times. Car accidents suck. And it's also sucks like when it's like, a tweet, you know, like car accident with injuries. Like those injuries are going to take a long time to get better. So everybody buckle up, stay safe out there. And we are going to commence the podcast now. I was giving you time to kind of like collect your thoughts. I'm ready, Shelby. Okay. Um, are you surprised? I didn't by... sleep last night. I was studying Stanford oh football. Go ahead. <laughs> Uh, actually, that's true. Jason did sleep good last night, so everyone's going to bed early tonight. Well, um, I gotta play MLB the show. Oh, yeah, and not Call of Duty tonight. No, we'll see. All right, but not till one in the morning. Maybe Mortal Kombat. Maybe we'll. <gasps> okay, then I'll stay up for that. <laughs> um, are you surprised by Stanford's struggles so far this season? Well, we're in a day and age, Shelby, where when there's coaching changes and such, you could just jump in, and rightfully so. I have no problem with it. You could just jump into the old transfer portal. Um, Stanford, as we know, has a completely new coaching staff. They have 106 players on their roster. 35 are brand new and 28 are freshmen. Uh, 29 are sophomores. So basically, uh, over half, or yeah, over half are freshmen and sophomores. Um, and, and there's 11 guys that are, have already played their first college game. 10 that have made their first career starts. You know, when you take a look at Stanford, uh, there's a reason why David Shaw isn't the football coach anymore. (laughs) 
Um, and I don't think David Shaw's a bad coach, but you know my, my theory, my policy, Shelby, which is no coach should overstay their welcome. There is a, unless you're like a Nick Saban type, there's always a time to leave because things could go bad. Remember, like, this is the same David Shaw who in his first three years went 11 and 2, 12 and 2, and 11 and 3, making a Fiesta Bowl and two Rose Bowls, right? Made another Rose Bowl a couple years after that. But then in 2019, Stanford went 4 and 8, 4 and 2 in the COVID year, 3 and 9, 3 and 9. Football, college football, the portal, the NIL, the way things operated, the administrative support at Stanford kind of passed David Shaw by while other schools increased their standing. Stanford did not. There are some really good recruiting classes in there with Stanford. Uh, they didn't pan out. Stanford kind of lost its identity. David Shaw didn't really uh, adapt, kept running the Wildcat and other things that weren't working at the time. Uh, and then, you know, you go through a rebuild where Troy Taylor comes in. And even though Sanford wants to run the ball, it's a pretty different system. That takes time. And we're seeing it at ASU, even though ASU has injuries. Dillingham's trying to change everything. That's a bad football team. Stanford is in a similar position. You go in, you try to change things. Certain positions aren't as good as you would like them to be. Um, and then you have this deal, basically. And so that's that's kind of what uh, what we're seeing. All right. Um, what were your thoughts on the Troy Taylor hire? So I actually, I, I didn't like, I, I'm sorry, I didn't like, I didn't dislike, I didn't like it at all. Uh, I didn't really dislike the Troy Taylor hire. I, I thought it made sense as long as you're going to be patient. I mean, he's a guy that a lot of people have respect for. Um, you know, look, if I if I read his resume, like at Sacramento State, Shelby, um, they were 30-8 and eight in four seasons. Uh, they made the FCS quarterfinals for the first time in school history. They had literally never won an FCS playoff game before Taylor. 12-1 uh, in 2022. So, I mean, you're hiring them off a 12-1 season. They're fourth in the nation in scoring, fourth in offense, seven in rushing offense. Um, they were one of the best offensive teams in the country with balance. Yeah, I mean, the hire to me made sense. Uh, a lot of times when you make a hire like Troy Taylor, it comes down to his coaching staff. And that to me was a little iffy. Um, there's some guys that you recognize on there, but there's some other guys where, you know, you take a look at Bobby April, for instance, uh, who has, he has a connection to Arizona. And I thought at one t time he would actually be... Um, an Arizona coordinator candidate, but you take a look at him. He's never called a defense before. He was the defensive run game coordinator at Wisconsin for a year or two, but then you go and you hire him at Stanford. Uh, Bob Gregory, who, you know, came from Oregon and, and had a, a long history at Washington. Uh, you know, he was a special teams coordinator and he, he still is right. Uh, Malcolm Agnew came from Sacramento state uh, coach running backs at a smaller level. You know, and you look and you're like, okay, none of them really stand out where you say, oh, crap, like this guy, you know, they have like Mark D'Onofrio has a, a, a long history of being a defensive coordinator, but never really that good. And so, um, you know, you take a look at their their whole situation. Uh, they're recruiting pretty decently right now, but a lot of times it comes down to, okay, 
what is your coaching staff at the time? Um, and that one has been kind of iffy. Let's, let's just say it's iffy. So, uh, you know, you take a look at it. I, I don't think it's a bad hire. And Stanford has shown that they, they have no problem being patient. Um, so, you know, ideally they remain patient. And, and I think he won't get them to the top of the conference because the top of the conference is the ACC now, Shelby. Mm. Uh, but I think they'll be pretty good eventually. It's going to take some time. Thank you. And thus concludes your essay. Um, well, what has gone wrong for Stanford the last few games? Well, it's really not the last few games. Forever. When you think about it, like, so they beat Hawaii, right? They beat Hawaii 37 to 24, which seems comfortable. And you're like, okay, like, good, you know. But then you look at Hawaii, and if you've watched Hawaii, you realize uh, they are atrocious. They lost to Vanderbilt. They barely beat Albany. They lost to Oregon 55 to negative 50, I think. I don't know. Uh, but Hawaii is literally one of the worst teams in the country this year. Uh, Stanford goes. They play USC 56 to 10. They lose that, whatever. They're not, you know, that defense, that game is over at halftime. Uh, Sacramento State, I have respect for Sacramento State. They have talent. They're one of the better teams at that level. But it's not a game that Stanford should lose. When you are building a college football team, the importance is at your quarterback position. It is very difficult to win in college football without a quarterback. Stanford does not have a quarterback. Ashton Daniels is the starter. He's completed 62% of his passes, three touchdowns in three games, two picks. Then they play Justin Lamson, who has completed only 42% of his passes uh, with one pick. None of them are deep. Um, they're not getting the job done. You know, rushing Ashton Daniels is intriguing because at least he can run the ball a little bit. What's crazy, though, Shelby, and what's crazy is when you think of Stanford, you think of the lines. Like Stanford offensive line, they used to line up under David Shaw, Mm -hmm. and they used to say, we're going to kill you. There's nothing you can do. We're running the ball. There's nothing you can do about it, right? So you go to PFF. And you take a look at their grades. And Simeone Pale, for instance, three games, 197 snaps, has a pass blocking grade of 27. That is an F. That's an F. Trevor Mayberry, the other guard, has a grade of 26. That's an F. So two other starting offensive linemen are F pass blockers. Uh, Then you take a look at their tackle, Connor McLaughlin. He's a solid C. Right? Levi Rogers, their center, is a D. You see where I'm going with this? I, I get it. Their blocking, their pass blocking, has been literally, according to PFF, the third worst in the entire country. Dang. Their run blocking actually isn't terrible. It's not great, but it's not terrible. McLaughlin is, is much better there. Levi Rogers is decent. Trevor Mayberry is decent. Um, so there's no one that's really awful at run blocking um the issue is that nobody's really good at it either mclaughlin is pretty good at it um they like to get guys on the perimeter and go there but they're just it's really weird their lines are bad like their defensive line is bad too and when you have young inexperienced quarterbacks who aren't really able to make things happen um, don't have the biggest arms or whatever and you can't block for them, 
you just attack. And, and Sacramento State did it. Uh, USC, you know, USC scores so many points, they probably don't care. They would have attacked anyway, no matter who it is. Um, but Sacramento State basically said, we're going to go out there and, and we are going to try uh, to attack you guys as, as much as possible. And, and it worked. I mean, Stanford only passed for 207 yards and threw uh, two picks in that game. They were 11 of 24 passing what? against Sacramento State. Uh, you just can't do that against any team, let alone Sacramento State. And so, um, basically, they just don't have the the overall talent on the lines, which is, is pretty crazy to say. They're just not very good on the lines. They're not very good at quarterback, and uh, it is a, a bad combination. Again, you could sometimes get away with it, but you have to have talent. You got to have super explosive talent. And while there is some talent, and we'll get to in a second, uh, it's not explosive per se. Right. Per okay. se. Per se. That felt like a really long explanation. Well, you're really long explanation. A little bit longer than usual. Um, what should we keep an eye on when Stanford is on offense? So Stanford is going to run the ball. That's Troy Taylor. That's ever. That's the Stanford identity. That hasn't changed. I'm sorry. What? I run away. Uh, the Cardinals averaging. <laughs> I'm so tired. The Cardinals averaging 182 yards on the ground. Top 15 college football. No ball carrier has more than 25 carries uh, on the season, and that's Lampson, um, the quarterback. So, offensively, to me, it, it comes down to two guys. Number one, or I shouldn't say two guys, but uh, number one, the, the, the two and a half guys. The main guy is Benjamin Urasek. Okay. Who's plays your favorite position, Shelby. <gasps> Tight ends? Yes. So, Ashton Daniels is basically locking eyes with Urasek on every play. Um, you know, against Hawaii in the season opener, targeted 10 times. He caught nine balls for 138 yards and a touchdown. Um, in that game, for instance, no other receiver had three catches. Now, here's the rub, though. He has 138 yards in that game, right? On the season, he only has 192. Hmm. So he's only had 54 yards over the next two games. Right. Um, now, with that being said, his 192 through three is still second in the entire nation for a tight end. He is a beast. What Sacramento State did to him is basically they said, look, we know you're targeting him. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to double team him. When he goes on a route, we're going to double team him. He's not a very good blocker. His blocking has not been good. And we're going to make you try to find other guys. And Stanford absolutely could not do it. And so that was the key. Uh, there is another good receiver on Stanford. The problem is, again, he has no one to get him the ball. Uh, Elik Ayomanor, I think, Ayomanor, whatever I say, um, isn't bad. 6'2", 210. He only has eight catches on the year again. Redshirt to last year. I actually like him. I, I think he has talent. Um, again, you know, against Sacramento State, he actually had 89 yards for a touchdown. Um, but again, like, you got to have someone deliver you the ball. They're going to run. They're going to use two running backs. Um, Ashton Daniels is the quarterback. Lampson, they're both going to try to run as well um lamson is more of a i'm running for my life type of guy um but they're going to use two guys shelby what? all right so they're going to use casey Philikins, uh who's a 511 206 pound running back uh who has performed really really well and is graded out really well the problem is that they're losing um so they can't give him as many carries as they want he's averaging seven yards a carry 
Against Hawaii, he had six carries for 67. Against USC, he had five for 60. Sacramento State, 13 for 54 and a touchdown. But again, uh, he's only averaging six yards, you know, seven carries a game, eight carries a game. Um, you know, Stanford in an ideal world will give him more. The other one is super talented. It's Emmett Smith's kid, EJ Smith, um, who has got a bunch of talent, really talented kid. Uh, 18 carries for 135 yards and a touchdown. Played well against Sacramento State. Scored against Hawaii. Was pretty good against USC. Has the ability to break off long runs. Uh, I, I, I think, you know, offensively, Stanford is right now, I think in the future they won't be under Troy Taylor, but right now they're pretty easy to defend. You stop the run against them, it is very difficult for them to, uh, to get the ball moving in any other way. So they will not be throwing it. Much. They're going to throw it a little bit, but I think they're going to try to run and control. The last thing they want to do is get into an offensive shootout with Arizona. They will get run off the field because they're not built for that. Okay, we'll see. Well, I mean, Jed Fish wants more points, so we'll see if it gets to that point. Yeah. Well, other side of the ball, what about defensively for the Cardinal? So they're not good defensively. <laughs> so that's um, great for Arizona. Yeah, so the issue is like I almost don't pay attention to the USC game because that game was so stupid and USC's offense is just dumb. Uh, USC had 573 yards that game, uh, ran for 180. Um, you know, had USC just dominated that game in every way, shape, and form offensively, but it's USC, right? So it's like whatever. Um, Sac the, the problem is that Sacramento State, while they did to put up the numbers that USC did, uh, Caden Bennett, he threw two picks, but, you know, he, he's, he's not the best quarterback, but he ran for 100 yards and a touchdown as a quarterback. Uh, they ran the ball all over Stanford. They averaged 4.7 yards a carry. Their running back, Marcus Fulcher, had 13 carries. <coughs> I just sneezed for 46 yards. Bless you. I'm allergic to Stanford. Um, and again, like, it, it goes back to the lines, right? Like, you look at the PFF grades for the lines, and Stanford is, we're going to stop. The run. Well, you look at their tackling grade, Shelby. Yeah. And Jackson Mwa, uh, their starting defensive lineman, has a tackling grade of 28.7. To put this into Arizona terms, that makes Gunnar Maldonado look like Ed Reed. What? Uh, then they have Tavrua Tafiti, who's the defensive end. His tackling grade is a 29. They have the other end, Lance Kennelly, 38. They have another end, Wilfredo Abar, 38. Their cornerback, 39 they cannot tackle like literally one of the worst tackling teams in the entire nation their pass rush grade actually isn't bad david bailey is the guy that you got to watch out for he was a super blue chip type of guy um they'll they'll blitz a little bit the safety alakai gilman tobin phillips anthony franklin they they actually have a very solid pass rush which is normal their coverage grade isn't great uh, Colin Wright, their corner, I like. I think he's solid. Uh, Gilman and, and Edwards are, are solid at safety. Uh, Manley isn't bad at coverage, but he literally can't tackle. Because of the tackling deficiency, I think what we're going to see in Stanford is very similar to what we saw against UTEP, which is they used the entire field. They got guys out in the open, and then they said go to work. And I think that's what we're going to see quite a bit is saying, look, you guys can't tackle. So let's put Jacob Cowing out in the flat here, get him the ball quickly, and let him get seven, eight yards of play, right? I, I just think that, to me, is 
And, and look, you know, David Bailey, like defensively, you take a look at, at Stanford. And Sacramento State converted 11 third downs on, on Saturday. Their high, that was a 68% conversion percentage on third down, was the highest that Stanford's led up since 2020. Um, Stanford is allowing opposing offices to convert on 56% of its first downs. That is the worst in all of college football. What's interesting is Arizona offensively is actually not very good either. Um, so something's got to give. They had, Stanford had six sacks against Hawaii, which was the most since 2018. You're like, oh crap, they're going to be good. How many sacks do you think they've had since then, Shelby? I don't know. None. Zero. Zero sacks. They had six in the first game and have not had a sack in the last two games. So, um, you know, it, it's just a situation where it, it's just, it's, it's a rebuild situation, right? Like they're not, they don't have any, David Bailey's good, but beyond that, they don't have the normal, we're going to line up, we're going to be bigger and stronger than you. It's just, it's kind of different this year. It's very mid, very mid. Um, all right. What's the path to victory uh, for both teams? Yeah, so let's just start with Stanford. Get okay. that out of the way. Stanford has to find a way to score the ball. Their offense has to play the best game of the season. 23 points, you assume, is not going to get it done. Um, Hawaii was a good offensive game. Hawaii's terrible. So I, I, you got to think Stanford's got to find a way to score the ball. That's going to come from the running backs and the quarterback game. Uh, you know, I assume that Arizona is going to focus in on Eurosec. That means that EJ Smith and Philkins are going to have to play well. But again, that doesn't matter either if uh, the two quarterbacks aren't good like they've been. They have to be better. Defensively, they're going to have to create turnovers. They have no chance um, if Arizona plays a clean game. That Arizona will kill them. The path to victory for Arizona is related to that. If Arizona plays a clean game, remember I said against Utah, if Arizona plays a clean game, it's winning. And they played a relatively, they've won turnover like five penalties. Uh, that'll get it done against Stanford as well. If I'm Arizona, I'm getting them in the flat, I'm being aggressive, and I'm using my weapons. Arizona has more weapons than Stanford. Uh, I think the path to victory is much more narrow for Stanford than it is for Arizona. Stanford is not good enough, especially offensively, to overcome mistakes. And, and finally... And if I'm Arizona, I am absolutely going after the quarterback and stopping the run. And, and my guess is Nansen... You know, Arizona plays zone, but they're going to key in on that run. Uh, I would assume Justin Flo is going to finish with, like, 18 tackles. Justin Flo attack! Um, all right, well, I was starting to say, finally... You see, Shelby... What? A long, long time ago. Is your prediction? Uh, so, it opened up at, like, 8, and then it went to 12. I felt like 12 was just ridiculous. Uh, you know, I, I think Arizona is better than Stanford, but... Uh, and I realized that Stanford, Stanford has the best schedule ever. Even though it's ranked teams, they're all at home. So Stanford gets like five of its next six uh, at home, which is pretty wild. Uh, anyway, it, it's, it's, it, it dropped back to nine this morning, and now it's back up to 11 and a half. Uh, that feels somewhat high to me, but then I, I think 11 and a half feels right. When I think of the score, uh, we're going 35-24 Arizona. I think Arizona busts the 35 mark. Uh, finally, the offense, is, offense clicks a bit. And maybe the halfback pass will work for the first time all year. Okay. Yay. Um, but I will say this. I'm just not going to talk Stanford. <laughs> I'm doing this to you. 
Stanford is not a talentless team. Like, Urasek is a good enough tight end to start on 95% of the teams in college football. David Bailey coming out of high school was very, very good. Uh, they have, you know, EJ Smith and Philikins are good enough. Uh, I don't know why I say Philikins. Are good enough to, to start at a lot of schools. Um, so it's not like they're completely talented. Like, David Bailey was the 34th best player in the country. Uh, he is legitimately good. Um, so it, it, it's not like this isn't a UTEP situation where I looked at UTEP and I said, yeah, they got like one or two guys. Stanford has some dudes that can play. You said not cohesive They're just units. not there yet. The lines. It goes down to the lines. Right. What's your prediction, Shell? Uh, why did you ask me? Uh, I think Arizona's going to score a lot. You've heard this, folks. Arizona will score. It will not be shut out. A lot. I'll say 42. Whoa. 24. Whoa, whoa, whoa. 42 to 24. Shelby, let me read you a stat. Um, before you do that, what was your score again? 35-24. Because you always forget your score from the podcast. And yeah. then when you write your preview, you ask me. So I'm just double-checking. I remember. You ready? Stanford has won six straight games against Arizona, scoring at least 34 points in all six of those games. Embarrassing. And not anymore. It will stop. It will stop. And I remember years the ago. The Cardinal. Years ago, Stanford tree. dropped a, a 55 spot with Christian McCaffrey. I remember that I game. I remember that game, too. I think I was in Vegas, wasn't I? And I think Christian McCaffrey. I went down to watch the press on the, in the sports book, and I think I got up and left within two and a half minutes. I said, well, mm-hmm. good news. My night's free. Are you excited that this is the like potentially the last time Arizona plays Stanford in a very long time? This is definitely the last time. It's exciting. Ready? The last dance. I need Arizona to win games the like this. The last dance. Oh, yeah. Now singing. Shelby for, was super wait, jealous yesterday. Last chance for love. Okay. Everyone calm down. Shelby was super jealous of my singing. I wasn't jealous of your singing. I hear it all the time. Yeah. Well, that's why you made And me. of the two of us, who is the classically trained singer? Me. It back is in the day, not you. No, you didn't call me panty dropper sheer for nothing oh back in the God. day. When I sing... <laughs> You were from California. I'm surprised pant- you weren't one of those beach bros when with the I guitar. When I sing, those panties they bring. And then you, know you, what I'm and then you just sit on the beach with the guitar and sing, and then that's when the panties drop. I tried to learn guitar uh, because I went to a Jewish... Because you wanted to drop no, some panties. No, this is good. I went to a Jewish sleepaway camp. Right. Camper Ma. Shout out my people. And there was a guy there, and he knew how to sing very, very well. And play guitar, and all the girls went around him and, and loved him. And so I was like, you know what? I'm gonna say uh, this is a good strategy. Yeah, and I, and then it turns out though he became really famous. So well, who was it? He was with a band called With With uh, uh, Say Anything. He was the lead guy in Say Anything. Hmm. So he actually was talented. Yeah, it, and then there I was. Oh, you know. That was funny, though. Um, did you not learn how to play guitar because of your big, fat fingers? Yep. I bought a guitar, and it just didn't <laughs> it happen. It just didn't so work. I had large... And then he continued to play soccer. Yeah. That did not require... All my fingers are broken. All your broken fingers. Point. If you ever see my hands, feel free to look at them. Literally every finger I have is Freaking soccer, man. You'd think that that wouldn't be the case, but... Bent. There you go. Now you know something about Thanks Jason. Thanks for pointing out my deficiencies. You didn't know that, you know, he can't play guitar, but he's a great singer. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. Bear down. Bear down.
Last chance to beat Stanford. Last chance for... Uh, 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 I think I sing it better. 